6: and I look forward to getting on the air.
5: I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You
7: always follow the, follow the money.
5: That's what
4: I always say. You always follow yeah, the money.
5: Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN.
8: Welcome into the program. This is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Paulie Howard as we are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Coming up today over the next three hours, uh, in 60 minutes, Brad Powers will be on the show, professional sports better and a great college football handicapper. We'll talk to him about what he likes this week in college. Mike Pritchard later on in the show. We'll talk about something um, that takes place in NFL locker rooms that I don't think betters. Really take into the equation on a week-in, week-out basis. And Paul Charchi and Fantasy Football Hall of Famer on the show to close up shop uh, a little bit later on today as well, Paulie. Thursday night football, here we go. Amazon Prime tonight. Pittsburgh playing at Cleveland. It is a big divisional rival spot in the AFC North. It is interesting to be looking at the screen this morning and uh, to see most spots in Las Vegas have four and a half for Cleveland in this game. Some of them are at even money, so shifting towards a four. And when you look at other spots across the, the country, they are, in fact, already at four with this game, minus 110 both ways, and the total is at 38 or 38 and a half.
9: Yeah, yeah, I think it's too low. I uh, like it over. Or we're supposed to get win tonight, but again, if you've watched Cleveland play defense, uh, you, you, now this is it, right? I mean, you watch what happens, what has happened in the first two games with Cleveland defensively, and especially the blown coverages and the breakdowns. Trubisky has a big arm, so you must go out there tonight and let it rip, and you got to see some creativity. Because again, jobs are on the line. Now, I, I, maybe if they if they have another poor performance, there's a change at OC. But probably you get a change at quarterback if they if they don't get it done. Now, is it is it the quarterback or is it scheme? Probably a little bit of both. I would imagine it's got to be a little right. bit of both, right? But then I I'm looking at stuff on Twitter yesterday about what Johnson the routes that he ran against New England. I'm like, this can't be real. This has got to be fake. The the routes that he was running, uh, just going up the sideline and no creativity and imagination. But Trubisky's last in yards per attempt, and they're 30th in the league in yards, only ahead of Chicago and Seattle. So there is too much talent on this team,
8: especially at the wide receiver position, to go back here and play 1982 football. Right, you can't be. I mean, again, we've said this now for, like, weeks on this show. You have the weapons in place on this offense to make it work. Do you have the quarterback, right? You cannot be conservative when you're going to have the quarterback uh, for the Steelers not throwing to his weapons, right? Because they are loaded on that side of the ball. I'm sorry, but if you had another quarterback in the system right now who was super competent, this offense would not be looking like it is. So I know people want to blame the OC, which is convenient, but I always would tell people that good quarterbacks will make any offensive coordinator look better than they probably are. And Trubisky does not qualify for that. I've been patient with this guy. I think that maybe there's a possibility of him coming out and looking a little bit like that, like the, the guy that we saw in 2018, but it needs to happen soon. Because I'll tell you right oh, now, yeah. there's a prop up offshore of when Kenny Pickett's going to start. And you can bet on between weeks three and five is the favorite. And mine is 225. Yeah. So you're right. If it doesn't happen tonight, pal, you're going to be taking a seat sooner than you can imagine.
9: Yeah. And the two biggest indictments of Canada, no touchdowns in the first quarter, 11 games in a row on offense. I mean, you're scripting the place. And and the other thing is, these guys are saying they're open. Pickens and, and these and, uh, Claypool, these guys are saying they're open. I mean, that, that Now, that would be on the quarterback, I guess. If you're running free and you're not getting the ball, but this is this has got to change here. And if you can't get healthy against what's been a a bad Cleveland defense, then I just uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Now the other thing is Stefanski is regarded as a good coach. It's been a horror show for him in the division. He's he's one eleven ATS in the division. Terrible. Which is which is surprising here. So this is a tough game, uh, but I think we'll see points as well because uh, Brissett's been uh, I'd say better than average. Well, he was really good last week. He I know that. He was. So uh, he's. But the thing is. It's this running game and the number one rushing attack in the league, and, and New England had a lot of success on the ground against Pittsburgh. I mean, you don't have, you have the loss of Watt, which is enormous, but this this could Chubb again could be this year's Taylor. This has been a, a great duo here with Chubb and Hunt on the ground, and they're punishing people on the ground.
8: Okay, uh, I have a ton of numbers coming up here on that in one second. So your point about how Watt is going to be—we all know this, right? I mean, it's going to be a huge loss for this team on defense. They went from having seven sacks against the Bengals in week one to zero sacks last week. Yeah. You think they missed what? Yeah. Uh, I would say, yes, they did. Um, so, more, and I'll, I'll throw a lot of numbers here at you, but trust me on this. It's all correlated and it all makes some sense. Browns' running backs have rushed for 10 or more yards on 17.1% of their carries since 2021. That is the best in the entire NFL. The Steelers have allowed 10 plus yards on 13% of carries to running backs since 2021. That is the third worst in the entire NFL. Um, Chubb against the Jets had a 22-yard run as his long run of the day, a 25-yarder against Carolina. Hunt had a 13-yard rush against the Jets and a 24-yard rush against Carolina. I'm getting to the props here in a second, because I need to tell you that the Browns are also number one overall in offensive rushing DVOA at Football Outsiders. They are sixth in power success Tied for third in lowest stuffed rate and first overall in second-level yards. The Steelers' defense, 18th overall in defensive rushing DVOA, 19th in both power success allowed and in defensive stuffed rate, and 30th, 30th in second-level yards. The longest rush prop tonight for Nick Chubb is 19.5, the longest rush tonight for Kareem Hunt. Is 13 and a half. There you go. Do with that what you would like, but mm-hmm. those are some pretty glaring numbers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And this can go uh, a
9: couple of ways, different ways, too, when you lose a game like that in demoralizing fashion. I mean, it hadn't happened in 20 years in the same organization, blowing a 13 point lead late. How do they respond tonight? Do they come out and atone for their sins, or is it you know, the woe is me routine? How about a players-only meeting already from Cleveland? What do you think about that? Uh, that's bizarre. I can't wait to talk to Mike Pritchard about that. To me, that's hilarious. Players-only meeting.
8: It was after two games. Is it just because of uh, how they failed so miserably in the final minute 55 against the Jets? Guys, how do we how do we allow this to happen? How do you lose your composure like that? Yeah. All of it. The defensive
9: breakdowns again and what have? Right. Just don't let someone get behind you. I mean, You're fine. Was- All this business and they're right fall down, chub. fall down, Hunt, don't run out of bounds. They don't have timeouts. It was a comedy to, of errors. But how do you let someone get behind
8: you? I mean, you're up 13. Let them dink and dunk. That That's easy stuff, simple how you, stuff. How do you miss the extra point? Yeah. Then how do you not get the onside kick? Right? Right. Cooper blew that. He did, and Absolutely. he admitted it. Yep. Absolutely. So, I, think about that. I mean, that's pretty much on everybody. Mm-hmm. So is that, is that Stefanski? Is he the problem? Uh, are, are players that just like mentally lost when it comes to in-game situations? Like, how do you, at this point of the, and again, Chubb said earlier in the week, the game should have been over with. And then he also said, I should have gone down, right? But we, I don't know. I, I do look at Chubb and I say, man, you got to get down. But also you cannot possibly blow a 13 point lead with a minute yeah. 25 left or whatever it was.
9: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think history's big here as well. Tomlin's owned them 24, five and one against them. Uh, Great record against Cleveland. And everything we just mentioned with Stefanski, a horror show, ATS in the division. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what happens with Cooper now? I mean, he didn't do anything in week one. He was great last week. Uh, How do they they attack Pittsburgh through
8: the air? And what do they do? Who's the hero tonight through the air with uh, Cleveland? It's a great question. That really is. I've been going back and forth looking at stuff on Amari Cooper. And I, to be honest, it's a stay away from you right now. Over or under betting on yes betting on no. I can't. Right. I can't. I've been wrestling with it too much. I have to go over these props with the Steelers' wide receivers. I have to. They're all in the fifties. I mean, they have someone
9: these guys have to go off here. Jobs are on the line, Jerry. I mean, this is this is huge. The quarterback's going to get benched, and the OC might get fired if they come out there again uh-huh. and put up thirteen points, and the offense can't work. They have to get going here. And you must take shots down
8: the field against this Cleveland defense. Well, I mean you have to. It's easier said than done, though. Will Trubisky do that? I mean, you might they could be yelling at him behind closed doors the entire week. Mitchell, you gotta get the ball down the field. Look at these on tape. They're open. You can say it all you want, but until the quarterback actually goes out there and does it, uh-huh. you know, I I gotta I gotta kind of be proven on this one. This he has gotta prove it to me. Where are you at with the total? And also if you see at Bet Rivers, the first quarter total is seven and a half. Under minus 155. Wow. Yowza. Maybe take a shot with the over there. I won't be surprised if we get an early turnover from both sides in the first quarter. That one stunned me. Uh, Fryer Muth, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. is that the reception's over in 12 of his last 16 games. He's a really good tight end. So will it be more of Trubisky going to him kind of dinking and dunking underneath stuff? And the Browns' defense—they've allowed 35 broken tackles since Week 16 of last year. That's the most in the entire NFL. Najee hasn't gotten it going so far. Yeah. He's great at breaking tackles. Is this uh, the spot for him tonight to finally show something? Again, if you're the Browns, though, you gotta—all of a sudden—you have to get get over that game. And they're pros. They probably it takes like a day for these guys sometimes to get over it. And it's a regular season uh-huh. game. They, they may yep. may have been over it by Sunday night. Who knows? But that's a quick turnaround for blowing a loss like that. And then to have a players-only meeting on top of it, mm-hmm. you know?
9: It's also on the coaching staff to get them to snap out of it. But then again, they're they're doing this meeting business. But the other thing is, Pittsburgh made the playoffs last year, and they were dead last in QBR of playoff teams. And you were supposed to be at least – you're supposed to get better quarterback play, mm-hmm. and that hasn't happened, and that's been a surprise. But still, you come in. it's You're one and one. You, you somehow won. You, you stole a game week one. So you win Thursday.
8: Everything's right in the world. Right. Right. If he wins, even if he's just average at best tonight, Trubisky, a win will help him keep his job for at least a little longer. Yeah. Uh if he's good in defeat, mm-hmm. he'll keep his job. But if they lose this game and it just it's he's average at best and it doesn't look pretty, I mean it's gonna have to be week four, week five of consideration. It really has to be.
9: Right. There's no fooling around. And ownership and the head coach might look at week one, even though it could be a loss because you're plus five in the turnover battle and you, you should have lost the game. Yep. that That's a, another indictment on the offense and the play calling.
8: Yeah. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace up for week three with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and touchdown insurance offers every single Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, get your stake back. As a free bet, up to 25 bucks Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football and get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new game. We'll recap last night's betting action with win-some, lose-some coming up next. Uh, dogs were barking in Major League Baseball. Details coming up on Follow the Money. It's Vsin the Sports Betting Network.
6: And I look forward to getting on the air.
5: I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple
4: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Follow, the, follow money. the money. That's
5: what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN.
9: What a promotion. First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park October 6th through the 9th. Airfare, hotel, tickets to the races, and a $1,000 betting voucher from First Bet. And a meet and greet with Jeff Siegel. Head over to VSIN.com slash horses to register com slash horses every Thursday during the football season. College football expert Brad Powers, bradpowersports.com at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. We'll go rapid fire here. We have uh, three games tonight, but one on the Deuce and one on ESPN. How about West Virginia and Virginia Tech? You took eight with West Virginia and you grabbed three and a half with Va Tech, both in the summer.
12: Yeah, I guess there was a difference of opinion on the game at that point, but I'm here to tell you guys, you saw a lot of that this summer, whether it was in game of the year line, season win totals, such, you know, there, there's that race to be first instead of the race to, to be right uh, when it seems like in the college football betting market. So I thought both of those numbers were fair. I will say at the current number, we saw a little bit of money trickle Right back on West Virginia, you know, late last night, I am on the West Virginia side tonight. Uh, I think anything less than three, I'm laying it with the Mountaineers. Mm-hmm. They got the better quarterback in this one, and I look Virginia Tech's defense has been really good so far. But who in the heck have they played offensively? I mean, Wofford last week's one of the worst FCS uh, offenses in the entire country. Uh, Boston College's offensive line's probably the worst shape of any team in, in the FBS level. And then o- o- ODU, a team they lost to in the opener. So I think West Virginia's offense had success tonight.
9: Uh, yeah, Are they begging you for uh, books, begging you to bet Coastal Carolina tonight? How about 3-0 and against 0-3 and the line's under a field goal?
12: <laughs> Seems easy, doesn't it? Oh, i got to <laughs> take Coastal Carolina. Wrong. I mean, give me Georgia State in that situation. Look, my ball rings actually have Georgia State won. So I was hoping... Joke you public and I'm still waiting I'm hoping you know at, at the books uh, here in town at the stations and whatnot where and yeah. yeah, the locals love betting the, the the favorite I think I might get a three tonight and if that's the case give me Georgia State
8: okay uh, on the openers on Sunday and in your newsletter you send out all your bets you're very transparent screenshots of every single one and it's fascinating to look at this every single week when mm-hmm. you send it out Brad uh, you made the, I'm glad to see this because I, I'm on this bet uh, with you as well. You made Duke-Kansas 67 and that opened up 60 and a half. Why do you think that opened up low?
12: Uh, well, they're just probably haven't priced accordingly yet for the fundamental change. Uh, both teams, Duke's running tempo this year, even though they yep. hired a defensive-minded coach and Mike Elko, um, and it's, you know, they're, they're successful so far uh, in that regard. And then obviously Kansas offensively, I mean, there's some metrics that have Kansas' offense as the most efficient offense in the entire country. So their defense has left a lot to be desired, though, even though in this 3-0 start. So it's just a, a thing where the books, it's still relatively early in the season. They just haven't caught up to you know so, some changes on both teams.
8: Yeah. Now that said, though, pretty much a month into the season now, how much tighter are the numbers that we're looking at week four now compared to what they were you know three, three and a half weeks ago?
12: Uh, big difference. Yeah. Uh, I would say on average, probably cut in half. Like, so if I was getting four points per game three weeks ago, down to two now. So, mm. And that'll get even tighter. Uh, I, I got to be more careful now. I, I'm still firing away. I, I still bet 45, but we'll, we'll see. And that that mm-hmm. one week where I go, uh, you know, fifteen uh, and twenty-five—it'll probably be reality check that that I need to lower my my volume a little bit.
9: Is, is this the year for Wake Forest? Can they finally snap this streak? Clemson's beat them thirteen in a row and ten in a row by four by four, at least fourteen points.
12: No, it's not, in my opinion. Uh, if it was going to be, it would have been last year when Clemson didn't have anything offensively and still put forty-eight on the board on Wake Forest. I just think stylistically. Wake Forest, they run that slow mesh RPO style. So it's like a delayed RPO. That doesn't work. Well, when when the defensive line is blowing up your offensive line and Clemson gets back Brian Brzee after the tragic loss of his sister, I think they'll play very emotional up front. Clemson gets after Wake Forest. Keep in mind, Wake Forest should have lost to Liberty. Post-game win expectancy. And Wake Forest losing that game last week. So I I think Clemson's been waiting for this one to kind of Uh, show what they're going to be in 2022, and they get margin tomorrow.
9: All right. You like Clemson. You also like James Madison. How can App State do this every week? I mean, North Carolina. Then they go to A&M and win. Then they win last week. Game day's there on a Hail Mary. and Now they got to play James Madison, who's off a bye. Well,
12: that's basically the handicap as far as the situation. Uh, I mean, it's as good of a situational spot as I've seen so far in college football this entire season. But I'll say this. On top of that, I'm not sure the market has a handle on how to power rate James Madison yet. Yes. At the end of last season, I would have had James Madison about a 3 point favorite over an average FBS team. Now they lost their multiple year starting quarterback, their top wide receiver transferred to South Carolina, their best defensive player transferred to Texas. I thought they'd take a big step back and they'd struggle with playing, you know, better teams on a week in and week out basis, but I mean Look at what they did to Middle Tennessee in the opener. They crushed Middle Tennessee. The market says, ah, Middle Tennessee must stink. The the market bets against Middle Tennessee the next couple weeks. Well, Middle Tennessee, the team James Madison beat, covered their next two games by 52.5 points. (laughs) So, I I mean, James Madison's covered their two games by 47 points. So, this is a situation here where we have a live dog, in my opinion.
8: Are you surprised at the movement in this Baylor-Iowa State game? Baylor opened up a small favorite, and now they're a small dog on the road.
12: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I bet Baylor when they got the original plus number in front of them, plus one. So I did take a bad number. Uh, but I, you know, took, took plus three yesterday though, too. As soon as that hit three, okay. that was another, you know, go sign for me. I think the wrong team favored. And I I love, as we get to this point in the season, you start connecting the dots and look for market. sometimes market inefficiencies. You don't find many, uh, but, but you can find them. And I ask you guys, if, if Baylor's you know, the, the kicker makes a field goal and they beat BYU. Are they getting two and a half, three in this game? No, I can make a case that you change one play in the BYU game and, and, and they might be a one-point favorite in this one.
9: Right, right. I agree with that. Well, how surprised were you with the Notre Dame-UNC line?
12: Very surprised. I just don't think Notre Dame, I mean, are they watching Notre Dame football this year? I mean, I, I you still have some priors in your power ratings, but I mean, the reality is no, nothing that Notre Dame's doing's probably going to get better this year. They, they don't have a quarterback they, yep, they don't right. have a playmaker at wide receiver. That, that's not going to get fixed this year. It's not like they go over the wire waiver and, and get somebody. Uh, I liked some things that they did in the second half against Cal running the football, but the reality is they don't have the playmakers to keep up with North Carolina's offense. I bet uh, North Carolina, and I'm also surprised money's coming in. The line move doesn't make sense to me. So we've seen a ton of move movement on North Carolina. I agree with that. North Carolina should be favored. We've also seen a ton of mo- uh, money come in on the under. Well, if that's the case then then Notre Dame should be taking money They're yeah. the team that's going to win a lower scoring battle mm-hmm. with a total in the mid 50s.
8: Touche. Yep. Yeah. Um how how do the Badgers possibly keep up with Ohio State? And what what did you what did you they make of this number? They're, they can't. There's no way they can. Yeah, I,
12: I made it 21, so oh, I okay. laid it with Ohio State, oh, took oh. the over uh, on the opener which I thought, you know, was too low uh, at 51. Uh I finally saw what I expected from Ohio State's offense last week. Look, I know it's Toledo, but Toledo has the best MAC defense in the Mac, and they have a legitimate players on the front seven, and they just obviously destroyed them. They're healthier. The Buckeyes are now at wide receiver, and that one was where the light bulb came on, and yep, okay, that's the Ohio State I expected. That's the team that's going to contend for a national championship. And look, offensive metrics are better for Wisconsin, but that's not saying much. And it was still same old Wisconsin inefficiencies in, in the green zone and red zone against Washington State, and they can't do that this week, uh, or they're not keeping up. And I don't expect that to be the case.
9: Let me give you two totals. Does the Old Miss run end here? Ten and one under run, and Iowa Rutgers is 35 thirty five and a half now. <laughs>
12: uh, I would still <laughs> go under. I, oh. I look. Oh. Yeah, I yeah on the Iowa. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go, I, I'll, I'll clarify that. I'll go under in the Ole Miss game after everyone bet up the, the over there. I mean, Tulsa okay. is running a lot of tempo and offensively has been great. Ole Miss is offense starting to catch fire last week, but I, I think that they bet that one up too much. So I'm going to go under in the Ole Miss game, man. I'll tell you, somebody read a stat. Uh, I, I think it was Ralph Michaels. It was, it at was the yep. last yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not going to be ashamed. I, I actually bet over on the openers uh, on the Iowa-Rutgers game. I think I got a loser there after I read that stat that he had.
8: Here it is. And Ralph comes up with some doozies, let me tell you. Uh, 89.5%, Brad, when two FBS teams meet with a total of 37.5 or less, they're 2-17-1 to the over. So 17-2-1 to the under. And they actually... There was an offshore book that that moved the total to thirty three and a half yesterday. Oh my! In a college football game. How can that be? How can that be? My
9: God! One more. I tweeted
12: this. I quick. I tweeted this uh, over the weekend. I bet over twenty nine in an FCS game over the weekend, a Sacred Heart game.
8: There was a twenty nine on the game.
12: Twenty nine on an FCS game. What
8: was the score? Was it a winner?
12: Twenty four nine. (laughs) <laughs> I won.
9: 29? <Okay>. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Uh, great job with the newsletter. Good job with the picks. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for getting up early.
12: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having go. me. Yep, At have Brad, a good
9: week. Yep, Brad Power 7 on Twitter, bradpowersports.com. Uh, Clemson James Madison also likes Oregon State. And as he points out, his numbers go back to 1976.
8: It's the first time Tennessee's been laying more than a touchdown against the Gators. Incredible. I'm kind. I'm with him on Oregon State. That's a good team and a good program. He's a good yeah. coach. Uh, do you want to get nuts? Do you want to go James Madison money line against Ab State? Troy should have beat him. I think uh, that's yeah. going to be one of those bets it, where it, I, I bet, I take the points with J- with uh, James Madison, and I put a little bit on the money right. line.
9: Oh, he's right. They don't know how to handle him. Coming in, moving up now. Oh, bookmakers. Yes, with the, yes, uh, with okay, the numbers. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What they've done. It's
8: 34 now in the Iowa game. I mean, you're right, 37 and a half. Nothing but under money. Well, I mean, I, w- I would take a screen grab if I'm a ticket holder and say what a 33 a and a half. Yeah, without without bad weather, 33 yeah. and a half. You expect me to drive to this game and watch it again? No thanks. Uh, NFL line moves again. Uh, again, this game shot up to six and a half.
4: the money that's what i always say you always follow yeah, the money.
5: yeah this is follow the money with mitch moss and Polly howard on vsin
9: get full access to everything we do with vsin pro daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by the vsin hosts and guests 24 7 video the pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and the pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights up your betting game. Sign up for the discounted football special. Get VEASAN Pro and access to everything we do through the Super Bowl. For only $175, slash subscribe. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, it's Mike Pritchard. Played uh, nine years in the NFL. First round pick. MVP of the championship team at Colorado. And he joins us now. As a guy who played nine years in the league, what do you think of a players-only meeting two weeks in in Cleveland?
11: It's ludicrous, man. <laughs> hey, great to be with you guys. Look, man, we, we had so many team meetings in training camp. Why do you need a team meeting after two weeks? You know, mm. uh, we we just formed a team. We we just got together. We had cuts, and, and now we started the, the league and started the season. And, and that means everything is not going according to plan. And I know uh, from what I've heard and, and talked to people around the league a little bit, you know, Stefanski is, is an ego trip guy, uh, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Uh, and they don't have a leader at quarterback. Uh, typically, teams need a leader at quarterback. That's the alpha. Uh, but now you got a, a mixture of leaders on the offense and defensive line only because they've been there a while. Uh, but yet, there's no culture. It, there's no semblance of a culture. So uh, I think they're trying to work it out. And for betters, I mean, use that information. The Cleveland Browns right now as a team – uh, when you have a team meeting like this, you're hashing stuff out, uh, and so they're trying to work through issues, whether is trust with each other in the locker room or trust with the coaching staff at this at this point. Yeah, interesting. Yeah,
9: I see the same. Well, the same things going on in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, wide receivers saying I'm open, I'm not getting the ball. People calling out the scheme and Canada. The offensive coordinator. Why is Trubisky being timid? is, is it the, is it the scheme? Is it who's in his head about what to do and what not to do? What are you looking at in the issues with the Pittsburgh offense?
11: Well, Paul, Paulie, I mean, it's not the scheme. I mean, scheme, scheme, everybody kind of runs the same stuff anyway. Uh, it's, it's how you execute the scheme, right? Um, Trubisky, the reason why you have wide receivers like that, Claypool and Johnson and and certainly Pickens. I mean, but the reason why you have receivers like that saying that they're open is because on every play they feel like they're open. Um, and that's true. Like, there's a thing about elevating your play as a quarterback, catch radius. Like, if I see a guy, and you all heard this, everybody's heard this, like the fade stop route when he looks like the guy's blanket covered, and okay, here's a fade stop. What a throw by the quarterback. But as a receiver, I can make the adjustment on that. And so you got to give me a chance. And and that's what the receivers are saying. Trubisky Is timid because he's not giving the receivers a chance to make a play. Like, as soon as I get to the top of my route and I come out that break, the ball's supposed to be there. I'm not supposed to wait on it because I did my job creating that separation. And, you know, a lot of times in a passing game when quarterbacks are timid or they don't see it or they don't trust it, they're not going to let the ball go. They're not going to spin it. Uh, And they're also they're not going to ball placement. Right. And Trubisky does not have that. And it's limiting this offense, to be honest with you.
8: Yeah. How about his mm-hmm. uh, counterpart counter uh, part for tonight uh, on the opposite side, obviously with uh, Brissett going for the Browns, who was pretty damn good a week ago, Pritch. And then you look at uh, the Pittsburgh defense. No TJ Watt last week. So they went from seven sacks against the Bengals to a goose egg last week against the Patriots. And uh, how much do you think they're going to miss? I mean, we all know this, right? He's like the best defensive player in football, but how much do they miss him here in the short term?
11: You know what, Mitch? Um, They do miss them, but I look at the Steelers right now and their turnover differential. To be honest with you, man, I mean, they're getting turnovers. They're generating turnovers, and uh, whether that's a combination of bad play by their opponents, which I think there's some of that, but uh, early on, and it's skewed, obviously skewed with with Cincinnati, but here you have another familiar opponent uh, in Cleveland. Uh, It's not too far from home. You're going to be fine. You're going to be ready to go on a short week, so I think the Steelers have been aggressive defensively. TJ Watt is just amazing, man. He's he's an incredible player, one of the best players in the league right now, and uh, definitely going to miss something like that. But from an impact for what the defense is doing, they're keeping the totals low uh, through the season so far, and they're turning the ball over. And that stands out to me. Like, as an offensive player, if I'm Cleveland, I got to protect the Rock. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland, I'm thinking they're going to be conservative, obviously, uh, with the running game. But when they do throw it, uh, you got to trust Brissett to not turn it over. Let's
8: follow the money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Mike Pritchard, played in the league for nearly a decade and uh, current v host. Okay, so can you explain how important chemistry can be in a locker room? It's something that I don't think bet- bettors really care about or put any consideration into when they're you know running down their numbers and looking at games that we're going to have on the board. But when you look at uh, the 49ers and what happened last week, Lance goes out, devastating injury, which completely stinks for that kid. But Garoppolo comes in, eventually scores a touchdown, and the entire team mobs him. And they were, like, super excited Mm -hmm. for this whole thing. Yes. And you look at their opponent coming up on Sunday night. I mean, could they have overall worse chemistry than what they do right now on the Denver sidelines? The the Russell Wilson video of screaming at the defense, run pass, call it out. I had to shut it off after – I felt uncomfortable watching. I couldn't even imagine being a teammate. How important to you is chemistry in a locker room?
11: Oh, Mitch, it's a great question. Dynamite question, really, because you think about San Francisco and, and the reason why the fellas reacted that way to Garoppolo is because they didn't want that to happen to them, which he can't like the narrative completely is different. If I'm thinking of the safety's name in that championship game last year, if he catches an the interception, the, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. and we're not talking about trading Garoppolo. We're not talking about the business decision of Trey Lance. Right. And, uh, but that didn't happen. And so you had the business decision throughout, throughout the offseason. And it's on top of that, the surgery. So as a player, man, I feel for Garoppolo. I felt for what he was going through as retired player. Now he gets this moment and he comes back in. And so, yeah, you're going to rally behind that. And then on top of that, you're going to feel like, yeah, we got our quarterback back, too. Uh, and that's uplifting. Uh, and that's what is ha- happening to the 49ers. And. Uh, whether or not they stumbled upon it or realized it, Don Lynch did a great job, and certainly Kyle did a great job of keeping Garoppolo uh, in the fold there. Now, on the opposite side with Denver uh, and lack thereof a chemistry, how the hell do you have an office upstairs with the coaches, but yet you're in a locker room hanging out with us? And that's Russell Wilson. And that fell out of favor with his relationship with the owners and all this stuff. He elevated himself out of the locker room when he was up in Seattle. And his teammates hated him for that. They yeah. alienate him for that. So now he's kind of doing the same thing. As he's got his own entourage, his own staff. He's got a coaches. He's got an office upstairs with the coaches. He's not one of us, you know. And that's the problem, man. And it's too bad that Russell doesn't see that right now. But no, Denver. There's so much change going on. There's there isn't any chemistry. You got new owners that want to see things. They're upset. Uh, you got a front office. They want to see things differently. They're upset. You got a new coach. He doesn't know have a clue what to do right now. No. And then you have a quarterback that's elevated himself because of his past. And so, yeah, there's no chemistry at all, man. And uh, you can see that. Uh, there's no delegation either from the coaches or head coach. And uh, it, it's a mess in Denver. The slow start is not what anybody anticipated through the first part of the season. This is a team and a franchise that thought this was the easy section of their schedule right yeah. now.
9: Yeah, true. Very true. So you like the 49ers. Uh, Shanahan could... Coach circles around Hackett. Uh, how about uh, any teasers you like?
11: Yeah, there's a bunch of teasers, man. I mean, depending on the Herbert situation, I mean, I even like that uh, taking them down a little bit at home against Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is scrappy. They're a young team. I'm thinking of that team as, a, as like Trevor Lawrence is a rookie right now who's learning a lot. and But he's a generational talent, so uh, you love that situation. I mean, I like my former team, the Atlanta Stockings, uh in the teaser up there against Seattle. Um, because of the fact that they stayed on the West coast and they can run the football and they want to run the football and highly creative with uh, Mariota at quarterback too. So I, I like that situation uh, from a teaser standpoint uh, and then just exploring some other things, you know, Philly uh, is interesting. Uh, I haven't pulled the trigger on that one uh, at all. Houston. I mean, think about Houston and how they've been in it uh, the first two weeks of the season. Uh, it doesn't look like that's a team Uh, that's devoid of a quarterback. I think they believe in the quarterback that they have. I think they believe in that roster. They're just not there yet. But against Chicago, who is completely opposite, uh, trying to turn over that roster a little bit, maybe an opportunity in a teaser situation with Houston as well.
8: Yeah, and I think Houston can win that game outright, actually, against Chicago Mm -hmm. coming up on Mm -hmm. Sunday. Uh, We'll close on this, bust some chops a little bit here. Your alma mater, the team that you did win the national, Pritch, their updated win total is a half a game. Uh, They were in the Pac-12 title game like, what, four years ago? Five years ago? What the hell's going on?
11: Well, uh, there's a lot going on, Mitch. Uh, um, Let's see. Where do I start? Man, I I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to begin. First of all, I was in a good mood before you just brought that up. But now you got me riled up for some reason early in the morning. But that's okay. That is okay. (laughs) Um, I need some therapy right now. I I can't tell you all the issues. It, It is... I talk to a booster, Mitch. I talk to an alumni. I talk to a classmate, a teammate every single day about our school. And how can we change it? And and we can't because there's too much complacency. There's too much damn complacency within the the program. Everybody's got extensions. uh, And they don't deserve it, uh, to be honest with you, Mitch. And uh, the athletic director, hell, he recruited when I was 17 years old. And I love him to death. But I hate complacency and I hate the fact that you have the program in the in the state of affairs that it's in right now. So I don't know where to fix it. You know, obviously you can knee jerk and fire somebody, Carl Durrell, but that's not going to help, man. We, we got kids transferring in and out of the program and uh, certainly yep. there's kids red shirting right now. They're like, I don't want to play anymore. I want to shirt so I can get the hell out of here. <laughs> That is horrible <laughs> to think about. That was, oh, that's, man. That's what's happening with my school right now. All
8: right. Well, great answer. I'm sorry to bring it up. Uh, have a good weekend. Okay, pal?
11: Well, I'll try now. Yeah, Thank you. Thank yep. you. Appreciate it.
8: Follow him on Twitter. He's <laughs> at pritchard. Uh, and VEASAN has... We're talking about Colorado, obviously. Uh, VEASAN has a new podcast to help you bet on pro football's biggest games. VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast puts out three episodes each week to thoroughly cover every pro game. Host Danny Burke and VEASAN Analysts Give their insights on betting spreads, totals, props, and futures every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Download and subscribe to the v Pro Football Betting Podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. We'll run down last night's betting action with win some, lose some coming up next.
6: And I look forward to getting on the air.
5: I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple
4: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
11: This is
9: Follow the Money on VCN. Finish smooth on and off the field with the Jameson Football Challenge. Play free and draft your best fantasy football lineup for a shot at a share of $5,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash now and get on the action before kickoff. Jameson Without Fear, DraftKings.com for details. 21 and over only, please. The Hall of Famer, Paul Charchian. Every Thursday during the football season, guillotineleagues.com. Your fantasy tidbits right now. Uh, listen, it's this is big for Trubisky tonight. He's on thin okay. ice. Uh, what, what do you expect out of Mitch tonight?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's been bad. He was uh, vociferously booed by his own fans last week in, in their home opener, uh, and they were chanting Kenny Pickett's name. So... It, you know things aren't going go, going well at that point. Pittsburgh's averaging just 22 yards per drive. Oh. That is the league's worst by a sizable margin. The offensive line is it's not good, although it's actually better than it was last year. Uh, he's had the si- eighth least time in the pocket at 2.6 seconds, so there's a little bit of an excuse there. But the real problem here with with Sad trombonsky, as I like to call him, is I guy just can't read a defense, and especially can't do it quickly. If you, if you if you go through the tape, and man, if the Steelers fans had a lot of fun with the All-22 this year. Oh, yeah. This guy just, and this was the same thing in Chicago, missing wide open receivers, locking onto his first target, and then immediately looking for dump-off guys. It's a real problem for him. And then, how about this? George Pickens, his rookie wide receiver, inadvertently threw him under the bus. Yesterday, they asked him about, about the receivers, and George Pickens said, everybody's getting open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And how about this? This also came out this week. Trubisky acknowledged the coaches don't trust him to call audibles. So he gets to the line of scrimmage. He surveys the field. It's a bad situation. The defense has got this thing figured out. He knows the place going to self-destruct and he can't change it. The coaches don't trust him. This thing is bad right you know, now. You know what?
8: Um, maybe in two quarterback leagues, I think people need to go pick up Kenny Pickett if he's avail- available.
2: Agreed. Right, if cause... you're in two quarterback leagues and, you know, you're looking, you know, they're, they're every every quarterback starting quarterback's rostered, yep. Kenny Pickett's time is coming. And yeah, by the way, not, it's, it's possible. I mean, it, this could be an in-game change, including tonight. It's not off the table. Yeah. So if you're thinking the under 200 passing yards, factor in a... Five percent chance, ten percent chance Trubisky gets yanked in this game. And that would certainly put him under two hundred passing yards. So factor that in if you're thinking about the under two hundred, which I'm thinking about.
8: Yeah, one ninety-nine and a half is a big number for him to go over. Okay, uh Najee Harris has been a first round fantasy flop so far after two games. Yeah. Uh does that change tonight?
2: I, there's nothing to suggest it will change here. Now, the, the number here is uh, you can shop. it. I got under 55 and a half rushing yards for Najee Harris. But so far in his two games, he's 23 rushing yards and 49 rushing yards at a horrific 2.9 yards per carry and no touchdowns. He's got the second worst uh, um, rushing yards over expectation. He's negative on that. He's got the foot injury that seems to be limiting him. At least some of the explosiveness isn't there. The bad offensive line, we talked about the lousy quarterbacking that lets defenses key on Najee Harris. And now you're going up against a Cleveland run defense that's giving up just 57 rushing yards per game to the opposing entire team, and his number is 55 and a half. So, I mean, if you think Cleveland's just going to hold serve at 57 yards you would need Harris to get all 57 to get over that 55-and-a-half number. So Arlene here is the under 55-and-a-half rushing yards, Najee Harris.
9: Okay, going to be ground and pound uh, with Cleveland, uh, with uh, yeah. Chubb and Hunt here. Uh, what do you think of the, the game plan and, and the fact that's that you know what you're going to get out of Stefanski?
2: Yes, and I love this with uh, Kevin Stefanski. A completely predictable offense. I love it. You know, this he loves to run the ball. And he doesn't. You know, most of the time, coaches try so hard to, like, shake things up and not be predictable. Ah, Kevin Stefanski, he knows, he knows where his talent lays here. So we know we're going to get a lot of rushing. Stefanski calls the second most rushes. Last year, he called the third most rushes. And, and it's working. His team's running the ball five and a half yards per carry. They've got four rushing touchdowns already, which is more than half of the league's teams combined don't have four rushing touchdowns. So, Steelers uh have the opponent of course tonight they're getting rocked by opposing runners. They're seeing 33 rushes per game. 33. Fourth most 160 yards they're giving up. Third worst. So, you know, what I like here you I think the the, the lock that I like even better Chubb's numbers pretty high. He's at 80 and, uh, roughly 80 and a half yards? I would go under if I had to, but how about Kareem Hunt? His numbers just 42 and a half if the Steelers are giving up 160 yards per game, Kareem Hunt's going yeah. over 42-and-a-half. Yeah. I really like the Hunt side of this, and I'll, I'll take the over on that.
9: We kicked this around Monday. I think it's over for Matt Ryan. Uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, this, how about this escalated quickly? Is it over for Derrick Henry?
2: Oh, for Henry. Jeez, does it look bad? So here's Henry. Uh, obviously, all the wear and tear going all the way back to high school, college, pros, all these carries. I, it, it's only two ga- It's only two games in to a long season, so there's a lot of opportunity to be wrong. But it looks like the beginning of the end for Derrick Henry. He's at three yards per carry. That's obviously terrible. Last week, 1.9 yards per carry was his worst output in three seasons. His offensive line lost Roger Saffold and David Quisenberry in the offseason. And now they're starting left tackle. And really, the only good lineman left on the team, Taylor Luan, expected out for the season. Massive loss. I had mentioned earlier the next-gen stats, running, rushing yards over expectation. That's where they they model out every run, and they say, here's how many more yards this running back should have than an average running back would get. The leader in the NFL is Aaron Jones, who has 88 rushing yards over expectation. Derrick Henry has, get this, negative 46 rushing yards over expectation.
8: You're kidding. Negative 46. That has to, well, I'm guessing, come on. That has to be the worst in the league? The worst in the league. Okay. Dead last. Okay. What are you? you're, you live in Minneapolis in the area. So uh, the Vikings and what happened on Monday night, what are you noticing with the offense overall? It's been, I mean, it was all Justin Jefferson week one and they were like almost completely ignoring, uh, ignoring Adam Thielen until the second half of uh, Monday night. Irv Smith finally got involved. But what is going on with Delvin Cook?
2: Yeah, and it's uh, it, Dalvin Cook, It's we, we feared the usage would be down once you got out of Mike Zimmer's caveman offense and that a di- more diverse offense might take some opportunities away from Cook, and they have in a very specific way, and I'll talk about it in a second. Offensive line is actually playing at the highest level it's played in several years, but Cook averaging just 53 rushing yards per game and a very modest four yards per carry. That's nothing. He just got rushed by Kirk Cousins in a game. That's never good. Um, he has not scored a touchdown yet. Now, that is a major worry for Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. And get this: here's your your stat of the day. The Vikings have run 19 plays in the red zone, one carry for Dalvin Cook. Oh wow! Jesus. That's it. Major issue for fantasy players. And if you wanted, uh, uh, with Tim Murray on uh, on last Monday night, uh-huh. uh, I urge people to take uh, do not take the Dalvin Cook anytime touchdown. And that may be a reoccurring theme here. Okay. that you want to lay yeah. off any time touchdown on Dalvin Cook.
8: Yeah, are you sitting Tom Brady like in every league this week that you have him in? If you have him at all, I am.
2: Yeah, yep. I've got I've got Tom Brady ranked at quarterback eighteen. Ooh. I mean, this is as low as it gets for Tom Brady. Yep. You know, no Mike Evans as we already know, but Chris Godwin's got the hamstring. Julio Jones has got the knee. You know, trying to maybe work in Cole Beasley on five days. Uh, You know, Russell Gage, Brashad Perryman, and the offensive line is just a ragtag bunch of backups at this point. It's a total disaster for Tom Brady right now. You know, I got guys like Davis Mills and (laughs) Justin Fields ranked higher. That's just plenty. Oh. Yes.
8: Okay.
9: Completed 16 passes on the year or something, Fields.
8: Yeah. It is. uh, That's it. it. Yikes. Charge, tell everybody about the website, guillotineleagues.com.
2: Yeah, we're still creating new guillotine leagues. Uh, Mitch, you know all about it. Right now, the league size is 16 because there's 16 weeks left. Every week, the low-scoring team gets chopped, and all their players go to the waiver wire like Jonathan Taylor did in hundreds of leagues last week in an epic move. And now you get to go bid on these free agents as you build a superstar roster. Every week, your goal is to just not finish last and be the last man standing at the end. It's guillotineleagues.com.
8: Very cool. You're the best. Good luck this weekend.
2: Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you,
8: Paul Charchian. And, uh, yep. So I texted Jonathan yeah. Von Toba, by the way, VEASAN senior NBA analyst, about the Pistons during the break. And uh, I said, Is it worth a shot to make the playoffs? One word answer. Absolutely. There you go. Found him 16 to 1. Chop around.
9: Jam the kiosk.
8: They traded for uh, Bogdanovich from the Jazz 20 minutes ago. Yep. And, give, and you saw. Yeah, you, let,
9: uh, yeah. let me give you one, too. How about opening night? Take the four and a half with the Sixers. Right, who knows who the Celtics coach is going to be? Udoka had an improper, intimate, and consensual relationship with a female member of the Celtics staff. Could be suspended the year. Organizational guidelines. Damn.
8: That'll be a mess opening night. It could be. Could be. All right. They're a half available, though, start the season. That's it for us today. If you miss Brad Powers, Paul Charchian, Mike Pritchard, you can get the Follow the Money podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good luck tonight.
0: Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you.
8: Warning, this product contains nicotine.
5: Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get more from addictive chemical. Get more from addictive chemical. Get more from addictive chemical.
0: It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing OSEA's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Wasiya's best-selling Andaria Algae body oil and body butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures.